2: Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of CFO motor treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with CFO motor treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit
3: supplies, see store for details.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
4: Lock Talk Radio.
0: Well, okay then. <laughs> Apparently our music wants to be a little weird tonight, but okay. Hey guys, it's Wednesday night. Welcome to the Fensider Podcast. Um, if you want to give us a call, the number is 347-326-9461. That's 347-326-9461. As always, you can also tweet us by using the hashtag Fensider. And we have the live thread up on the site, so you can join in there. We'll take any of your questions, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, and Overall, get ready for, hopefully, another Dolphins win. Let's go ahead and welcome James into the show. James, how are you tonight? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? I am doing well. It's another uh, – it's our second FinCider podcast after a win. So, yes. hey, it works. Nice. I like wins. <laughs> the, th- the things I think about before the show. <laughs> the wins are good. But uh, So… um Got a got Randy Starks named AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. That's a good thing. People are starting to notice Randy Starks dominating the center of the defensive line. Yes, um, we. Uh, I think I have not looked yet, and I I try to usually do it on Wednesdays, and I just I'm I'm basically a day behind this week. I don't know why, but. Everything I usually post on Tuesdays I did on Wednesday. Everything I'm doing, I normally do on Wednesday. I seem to be pushing to Thursday this week. I no reason why, but it seems to be the way I'm going this week. Um, but, but the, I haven't but been don't put through, the
2: Don't put the picks up on Friday after the games have already gone.
0: No, that that'll go up tomorrow. <laughs> but I haven't looked yet at. Uh, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. The pro football focus rankings of our players. And yep, that's what I thought I was going to see. Rashad Jones is the number one safety in the league, according to Pro Football Focus right now. Wow! So uh, Chris Clements is is fourteen. Wake is
2: still the the number one pass rusher.
0: Um, Deanne is still. Cameron Wake is number one. His overall ranking is thirty point one. Chris Long is number two at twelve point three. Huh. Cameron Wake could probably that's, that's, take three that's even, games. That's not off. even. That's not even close. <laughs> Cameron Wake could take three games off and still be in the lead.
2: <laughs> well, well, I, I would hope that the rating is based on you know the actual snaps that you take, not yes, not how many you take or
0: right. You start it, this it game or whatever. and they go through and every play they determine what you should have done versus what you did, and then they yes. figure out. Uh, they figure out how you did on every snap, give you a score of it's one or zero is average. And then they go above to 2 and below to negative 2. And then at the end of the game, after every snap you've taken, they add up what you did and figure out your score for that game. So but apparently um Cameron Wake is dominating. <laughs> the, it, it, it's nice Let's see uh, The 3-4 outside linebackers The highest is 12.7 Justin Houston from Kansas City So he is Let's see 2018 He's 18 points Ahead of the next pass rusher So Cam Wake Seems to be doing okay this year <laughs> so, so
2: we need somebody to either Step up on the other side or we need to go get another dominant pass rusher from the other side. Yes. So the- Olivier
0: Vernon the- is ranked twenty ninth. And Jared Odrick is ranked fifty third. Yeah, that's not that's not good enough. But yep. So get that's some, how get somebody
2: over there good enough and you almost won't need a secondary.
0: Brian Hartline is the fourteenth receiver and Devon Bess is the eleventh. Um. Everybody will. I'll take, love, I'll take everybody, that. Everybody will love to know that Brandon Marshall is the fifth. And I saw. Yeah. I think it was. I want to say it was Ben Volin, but it was somebody. One of the beat writers posted during the Bears game this week. He wrote, "Maybe Marshall just really did need Jay Cutler." And it's true. I don't know why, but for some reason, he only works with Jay Cutler. Apparently.
2: I mean, there's. I think sometimes that happens. I think uh, two players get lucky enough to play together and they have that chemistry, and yeah, uh, for whatever reason, it works.
0: Oh, Jake, I, mean, I don't nicely.
2: I don't think that
0: thirty-three. Now. I mean,
2: I think yeah. I think part of the problem here, obviously, was a quarterback too. I mean, yes. Heart, heart, You know, if he has a hundred-yard game this week, you know, more or less, he breaks his. He breaks his all-time yardage mark for a year. That's ridiculous.
4: Yep. So, and I'm,
2: I'm not saying he sh- he should have had you know 1,500 yards receiving with uh, you know Brandon Marshall on the other side, but he sure should have done better than 600 yards.
0: So, um, Richie Incognito is the 64th ranked guard, while really? John Jerry is the 38th. Top center is oh Jonathan Goodwin passed Mike Pouncy this week. Jonathan Goodwin is the top center, followed by Pouncy. Please please
2: check out 808's eight's comment in the in the live thread. You'll
0: enjoy okay. it. Eight oh eight, where are you? Glad that unlike the Google Hangout, Kevin has someone to talk to today. That is true. Three eight. Strange. Thirty eight. Or 33rd. Did I say 33rd on, on Jake not, Long?
2: That's not that's not good enough for, for the kind of money he's making. It's just not.
0: Where is Jake Long? He is 33rd, 3-3. Um, no, it's not. I He will climb back up, I think. I think he just started slowly. I think part of it was trying to get used to the Zone blocking scheme, not that he can't do it, but I think it was a offensive line as a whole trying to get used to it. And then the other piece was just he, he came into this game or this season saying he was the healthiest he's been in a long time, but I think that he just didn't know what he was exactly. So I think mentally he wasn't all here yet, and he'll, he'll catch up. So I I don't think that by the end of the year he'll be down in the low 30s or low part of the league. Uh, Anthony Fasano is the ninth-ranked tight end. I'm good with that. Um, Tannehill is the 17th-ranked quarterback. That's that's nice. I like that. About to break into the top half. Let's see. Um, RG3 is seventh. Andrew Luck is 21st, Wilson 22nd, and Whedon 33rd. So that seems about right. And Tannehill jumped over Luck this this week. Uh, that puts Tannehill right behind Matthew Stafford, ahead of Philip Rivers, Tony Romo, Christian Ponder, who is everybody's favorite bandwagon player right now. Cam Newton is 26th. Michael Vick is 28th. So not too bad. But um, looking at halfbacks, we have Reggie Bush is ranked. Where is Reggie? 21st. So he needs to start having better days, Uh, obviously. I still think that knee injury was bothering him this week. So I think we'll see Reggie get back up on the horse, to, so to say, so to speak, and get going again. So we'll see Bush coming up, and then uh, at fullback, where is Trzaworski? Lane is the 23rd ranked fullback. He's getting hit hard on his running and on his blocking. Well, and he also
2: had that fumble, he hasn't had a yeah. whole lot of carries. You've had a fumble.
0: Yeah. So. But it's interesting that's, that he that had
2: to that has that has to I mean I would think that would have to knock him way down.
1: But
0: before we get on to the defense, let's go ahead and welcome Husker in. Dale wants to talk about uh Joe Robbie slash Sun Life Stadium. Dale, how are you tonight? Great. How you guys doing? Doing well? What's up? What's on your mind? Well,
3: Tex and I talked about this earlier this week about the the stadium revamp and if that's really gonna go you know forward and how, how important is that going to be to get the crowd more involved, get the fans back in the stands? The one thing that's irked me as a Dolphin fan for my entire life is why don't they show up? Now, back in the Orange Bowl days, it was awesome. I mean, I remember watching games as a kid, and, and, you know, until they moved, and they had the fans in the stands. It was loud, and we were on top of it. And that really was an advantage for our team. How do we get it back? How can they do it? I mean, I just don't know. The money is it there? Is Ross willing to spend the bucks? Um, winning would help a lot. I mean, getting the fans back in there. I mean, obviously that's why was, you know Sperano, That's why he, I think, got ousted. Was he was he couldn't win at home? I mean, yep. basically. So anyway, that's basically you know, the conversation there.
0: I, th- I think you're. I think you're dead on with. And it, it's the obvious answer is that they have to start winning. But um, I, I don't think it's going to be a matter of would Ross spend the money? I think he would, but I don't think he will spend all of what's needed. I think what is needed for that stadium, he's going to look to the city and the state to help him out. And MC, he'll, put I up, hate that. he'll put up half of it or a little more than half or something, but he won't put up the whole thing, I don't think. And um, why
3: can't he go hat in hand to some of these celebrity co-owners that they love to put out in the public to drive you know, drive
1: tickets could. up?
0: He could, you know? but I think what, what he'll end up saying is, look, we're we are providing the city with revenue because every time we have a game – all those shops get all that money, and ultimately his argument is going to be: if we want to keep getting Super Bowls and bringing all that money into the city, I need help to refurbish the stadium, and that's going and to that's, be his thing.
3: And that's what I hate. You see, this around the league, they hold the team handicap. I mean, or like you know, like the Vikings last year. I mean, they they almost lost their team because they couldn't get a stadium built.
0: Yeah, the Vikings It's like they go
3: there and they force it. And then you see Goodell showing up at Viking games. That's sending a message.
0: Yes, but I think uh, where we need a refit and we need things done to fix the stadium, Minnesota had to get a new stadium. I mean, they had a stadium oh, yeah, that literally fell down when the when the roof decided to collapse on them. So there's a... There's issues there, but I, I think I think in the end something will be done, but it's gonna it's gonna cost the city or the state or the counties or some combination thereof. They're gonna do they're gonna find a way to um, do a lottery ticket or something to help raise money. They'll 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 do something. I just don't think it's gonna happen. And I think the Marlins in the end are what screw the Dolphins right now. Because the Dolph or the the Marlins basically worked the system to get the stadium promising all this stuff and then as soon as the season started they started fire sailing and getting rid of everybody and it ended up hurting the the chances of the Dolphins getting the city to pay for something. They also of that oh
2: sorry. Go ahead, Tex. Go ahead. I was going to say the Marlins had also presented the city of Miami with falsified documentation showing that they were losing money when they were actually making money hand hand over fist. And the city of Miami actually, I guess at one point, looked at legal action and then just walked away from it just because of the mess that it would become. But uh, they feel pretty burned by basically being screwed, you know, literally by the Marlins. And that's,
3: unfortunately, it's going to hurt the Dolphins. And where did common sense go in all this? That's what blows me away. Because originally when Ross was supposed to do the redo, it was to have, like, the stadium be an event for more than just Dolphin games, more than just Marlin games, right. but all kinds of things to create that revenue. You know, and I don't know. In part two, I guess, I don't I want to talk too long with you guys, but the getting the fans back to the stadium. I think that is so important for an NFL team to have success. You gotta get that twelfth man. You gotta yeah. get loud. You gotta get proud. You gotta get there. And I just don't understand it. I went there. I went to two Dolphin games in my life, and you know, I'm in Nebraska. You guys know that. And I went to a Rams game in '92, and I went to a Patriots game in '94. The Rams game was basically everybody was sitting on their hands, and I didn't understand that. It was the first home opener that year because of the hurricane. The second time I went there, the Patriot game. It was just incredible. It was like going to Memorial Stadium. It was just loud. People were you know, just up and jumping around. It was incredible. You know, I don't understand the difference. They should. You got to go show up every game. You know, and that's what I would love the Dolphin fans to do: is get back there, fill that sucker up, and just be that twelfth man. To, to especially a young team could really benefit from this right now.
0: They could. Um, I th- they they will eventually. I think the problem is that after a decade of being mediocre to bad, the team has spent its collateral of the 1970s and 1980s Dolphins. So it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I think <clears throat> Tannehill will start to get some of the hopes up and start to drive some of the fans. Um This week, unfortunately, the Dolphins sent out messages to uh, Rams blogs and said, hey, we can get you guys tickets for $80 a pop or $40 a pop in nosebleeds, stuff like that, because they just can't sell the tickets. Nobody will buy them in Miami, and it's unfortunate, but um, it's it's what they've got to do because at some point Ross is just going to go, I can't keep buying tickets every week. And the games are going to start getting blacked out, and then we're going to. I I really think that if you start blacking out the games, you lose the fan base even more, and it becomes harder to get the fans back to the game because true now they won't see the games every week, and you start to lose them. So,
3: it, it one it would one be thing I was going to say was real quick here. Um, the schematic I showed text we were talking and showed the stadium, you know, the the out outline or whatever the schematics about what they could do possibly. And one thing was you know, make the fans more comfortable but keep yep. that advantage on the field of the heat. Yeah. I mean we are conditioned. People you, you guys need to do somebody needs to do a comment on that because our conditioning program is amazing. I mean we were hanging in the fourth quarter like we never have in a long time. And that's because we have a great conditioning program down there. And we gotta take advantage of that heat. And, but you got to keep the fans kind of comfortable, you know, it's a, I don't know, it it, it has to be tough. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, I guess I was so high in adrenaline when I was there, I didn't even notice the heat and I'm a redhead. (laughs) So anyway,
0: I agree. Um, You have to, you have to make the, um, you have to make the fans more comfortable, but you can't lose the heat. Um, The other thing is, and it's what we've all talked about You've got to get rid of the dugouts and move the fans closer to the field definitely. the The, the fans should be sitting on top of the players, and I mean that's, that would change things. I think you bring some of the, the you, you bring down seats from the upper deck down into the lower bowl, and you bring them in closer, and you end up with something special. and you, lo- the run, you know, that lower that lower level, the whole
3: grade. Just just raise up the back yeah. and you know have it have it more of an angle you know so you like you said you're on top of the field, that would help tons.
0: I think uh, I think in the end what ends up having to happen is a new stadium has to be built. I think Joe Robbie has it, it's just it's served its purpose. It's done what it was supposed to do. It brought baseball to Miami. It's held soccer games. It's done what it's supposed to do. But in the end, it's starting to look. And feel antiquated versus what is out there in the NFL. I mean, everybody seems to be getting new stadium deals right now, and I mean, Los Angeles just got a new stadium deal and doesn't even have a team. So, yeah, at they're some called point, the Jaguars. Something has to work out.
1: <laughs>
0: but it uh. Well, anyway, it, it'll be I just want to you know put those
3: put that to you guys. I don't want me to take up you know a lot of your time. Great talking to you. You guys do a great job. I'm really happy to be you know be back with the Finn Cider again and where it's gone it, it it's just crazy. And so you guys do a great job and it just you know, for me and I'm talking for my all the guys I talk to on the board, you're doing a great job and keep it up, man. This is awesome. So thanks for the time. I'll let you get back to your job, okay?
0: Awesome. Thank you for calling in.
3: You bet. Take care.
0: You too. Bye. So uh I, I think that's probably what is going to end up happening um unfortunately uh 808 a lot of people don't get excited for patriots games cuz it's the patriots i mean really who can be excited to play the patriots um now uh if it were if it were the jets i understand it but i don't really think anybody gets excited for patriots um <laughs> but uh oh look at that thank you james that's a good write-up for me go ahead yes. and welcome in uh douglas from over at turf show times coming over to talk to us a little bit about the rams so douglas how are you Just
5: great uh how are you guys doing tonight
0: doing well welcome to the show
5: well you know i, I was just uh uh, talking to your your call screener and uh, I, I was just saying how shocked I was to hear um, Stadium talk. To, you know, the Rams are in deeply enmeshed in Stadium. Just blather right now with the leap yeah. and all. So, uh, I never knew that you guys had the had a Stadium problem before this.
0: <laughs> yeah the the main the main. Oh. During the game, the league, um, the league had issues with the fans getting wet and the 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 playing field being so sloppy. So they basically told the Dolphins, "If you ever want another Super Bowl, you have to find a way to make it so that it's a better situation for the fans and a better game." And that's what started the the stadium discussion.
5: Well, with us. With us, it's been uh, uh, this weird codicil in the in the lease agreement, which top tier stadium. Douglas, are you there? Yes.
0: Oh, okay. We got you back. It went choppy there for a minute.
5: Oh, okay. Well, I'm calling you from New Mexico. So you know we have famous cell phone service here. <clears throat> <laughs> oh.
0: Well, you're doing a Dolphins blog from New Mexico talking to two guys in Texas. So, hey, why not? <laughs>
4: there we go.
5: There we go. But, you know, the, the top tier uh, thing in our lease is uh, that's what's got the Rams fix it, you know, just all kerfuffled. I'll tell you what, they've got, um yeah, you know, the city came up with a plan that was going to cost like $120 million to fix the stadium, and then the Rams came up with a plan it was going to cost seven hundred million dollars to fix the stadium, and I, I would just love to be the arbitrator, the arbitrator guy who has to <laughs> has to come up with a happy medium in there. I mean, that's a that's a pretty big ballpark right there, you know.
2: Hello. Yeah, I'm
5: here. Hello. Hello. Yeah. I'm here. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I, I couldn't hear anybody on the back side. But anyway, uh, I I thought I'd call and uh, talk to you guys about the uh, the game coming up. Uh, it sounds to me like it's it's uh, just another week of the Rams having to face an an incredible defense, which means no scoring and uh, quarterbacks needing a jacuzzi immediately after the game. Quarterback needing a jacuzzi immediately
6: after the game.
5: (laughs) Quarterback
1: needing a jacuzzi immediately after the game.
2: Hello? Kevin?
0: Okay, so apparently the British blog talk radio chick is messing with us again. Thank you, Strange. Hopefully you guys can hear me now. Um, I don't know what happened there. We all got dumped from the system for some reason. So sorry, Douglas. Um, Hopefully, text you can call back in. Um, I don't know what happened and why we all got dumped, but… Well, it that was awesome. Nicely. Yeah, I don't know what happened there.
2: All Dude, that the, just that whole thing just blew up on us. I don't know what happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. I checked. Oh. Uh, I checked Block Radio, and they're not showing any issues. So I don't know if it was my internet connection because my internet at home has been acting weird lately. So I went off of my Ethernet and plugged in my uh, my landline. So hopefully, if that was the problem, that solves it. But i I guess uh I guess I blew up the system. I'm not sure, so that was fun so, um yeah, hopefully Douglas can give us a call back and uh get us back, or we can talk some more Rams dolphin stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm glad you don't have to listen to the crappy techno music <laughs> this week, Strange. <laughs> Next
2: time you get dropped, I'm going to try to find some online and just play it over my phone for him.
0: <laughs>
2: or he can make requests. We could go that route.
0: Yep, your uh, the the board is lighting up, James. So I'll let you go ahead and start screening people. Get me the right person. Oh, oh my. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, this is this is Duke. I'm putting him on right away because I know okay. who that is.
0: Yep. Hey, Duke, how's it going? I'm
6: all right. Happier than any money or any of the travel agency.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> if you're happier than a bodybuilder directing traffic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, so did did you get to call in during the madness that just happened on the show, or uh, did you uh, well, miss all that?
6: I was, calling, that? In, I was <laughs> calling in, actually, to listen, because I was on the road driving, and uh, I, was, I I heard um uh, I heard the discussion about the stadium and the Marlins and all that, and I was just listening because uh, I couldn't talk at the time. And then um, I called back, and I was listening to – I believe that you said was Douglas from the Rams, right? Yes. And the next thing I know, I got an ad for charter, so I just hung up
4: <laughs> and
6: came in the house and said, I'll uh, I'll try back again.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The, the The whole system blew up, and apparently we dropped everybody, including me. The whole thing shut down, and then – Luckily, the show didn't shut down, but everything else did. But uh, Douglas is called back in. So, Doug, how are you?
5: Just great. I, I, <laughs> I'm glad to know that you know when the show went down, I, I found out about fascinating opportunities in the art world for me. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: well, at least you got a fun-filled uh, ad, too. I didn't get anything but static, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
5: you know our <laughs> our part the 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 Tercio Times podcast has these things all the time, and I always think it's whenever I come, in, you know, call in from New Mexico, I'm bringing some kind of hoodoo with me, and it, it <laughs> makes them crash. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh,
0: but <boy. laughs> when do you guys do your podcasts?
2: <laughs> uh, rarely.
0: Rarely
4: okay. When you do them
2: Never <laughs> That's funny
0: <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> Well at, at least that's an answer <laughs> yeah.
5: I'm going to actually try and get uh, In fact I'm going to uh, send you guys an email And see if I can get some of you guys to come on I'm going to try and get Ryan to do a uh, And uh, Joe McAtee to Do a show uh, Hopefully Friday or Saturday
0: I've got ai uh, I talked to Ryan earlier today. Ryan you guys is uh the managing editor over at Turf Show Times, Ryan Van Bieber. Um I talked to him earlier today and he's gonna come on uh we're doing a weekly like question and answer, thirty minute question and answer uh Google Hangout. So he's gonna be on there on Thursday or on Friday, I'm sorry, on Friday, doing that with me for from eight thirty to nine o'clock on Eastern Friday night, so that should work out well. And you guys make sure listeners make sure you guys are getting me your questions. I'll put up the live thread about half an hour before the show and you can start filling in questions. But if you guys want to call in now and give questions about the Rams, Douglas number is three, four, seven, three, two, six, nine, four, six, one, give us a call and Douglas can answer about the Rams. So, uh, first question. I I actually, uh, I actually asked this in my, uh, five questions to trade earlier today which I'll post up on Friday. But well okay. My headset decides to click in my ear. Um how are you guys uh health wise besides Amendola?
5: Well um Quentin Michael uh our, our uh Mikel however you want to say his last name our our starting safety uh went down with a concussion this last week and that's that hurts. Uh, we are the weakest part of the this- the Rams' defense is at safety. Um, We have a second-year guy uh, that looks good. Stewart looks good. He's a hard hitter, but he's an unknown quantity in pass coverage. And when you look at Craig Dahl, uh, our other safety, uh, I will be surprised, honestly, if you guys aren't going long ball quite a few times on Sunday. He can't cover... He can't cover his groin. I mean, (laughs) (laughs)
4: I'm I'm serious. That's that's an
0: issue, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
5: I mean, seriously, he's just terrible. And uh, he's great against the run. Uh, He will come up and hit you like a linebacker. But uh, somebody goes running by him, you know, if they don't have the ball, he just, he waves. You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Let let's make sure that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> um, well uh Steven Jackson is still nursing his groin injury. Uh we have a few nicks and nags. We uh our uh offensive line, which has already been pummeled by injuries, has a few nagging injuries to both our uh our amazing uh tackles, which just cracks me up to the- we went out and, and where most people would go out and find, you know, quality tackles to uh for their offensive lines. What we did is we went to the NFL rankings and we went and found the two worst tackles in the NFL and signed them for big money. Um <laughs> uh,
0: that was that was our method last year in getting uh Mark Colombo to come down from Dallas and play turnstile, I mean, right tackle for us.
5: Well, well I I got to admit uh, Wayne Hunter has been a pleasant surprise.
0: well that's good.
5: Uh, after, after everything the Jets said about him, the Jets fans came over to the site and were just going, "Oh, you, you people are screwed!" You know, um, Wayne Hunter has, and he's never played left tackle before, which was amazing. He's all, always been a right tackle. They brought him to the left side, and all of a sudden, he's excelling. I was really amazed. Um, that's good. You're gonna get
0: it. Yeah, you're, I gonna like, get a few, I like you're gonna get. I like Hunter now that few, he's not a Jet
5: yeah everybody does but you're gonna get a few uh you're gonna get a few five five yard presents from Barry Richardson he usually is good for two or three of those a game um you know jumping you know just can't wait for the ball to get hiked uh <laughs> he's excited yeah yes. yeah, yeah he's, you know you know he's he he just got off that new pizza snickers diet and and he just feels like a million bucks and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's about it in injuries uh other than that we're doing pretty good
0: um i'm, I'm gonna give you an experience right now <laughs> douglas well, I'm gonna go ahead and welcome ohio ohio fin fan for <laughs> life griffin onto the show griffin how are you today
7: hey buddy how you doing
0: i'm doing well um, you're on, you're on with Douglas from turf show time. So if you have anything you want to talk about Rams, he can help us out there. And the floor is yours, Griffin.
7: The floor is mine. I'm <laughs> too tired. I'm too <laughs> tired. I'm too tired. I'm saving, I'm saving my energy reserves for, uh, getting out of Ohio. It's freezing out here, man. It is absolutely freezing. It's 51 degrees. I don't know. I've, I've been too spoiled, you know, 51 <laughs> degrees. And, uh, you know, I'm crying like a little baby. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati was amazing, man. Okay. I You know, I, I'm kind of kicking myself uh, on that one photo op. You know, I, I got to tell you, you know, I put this group together at the last minute. I got 28 people to respond. We got tickets. We had other people uh, show up to our tailgate that, that didn't have tickets with us. And it was just an awesome time, you know. And uh, one guy came in from uh, – Pittsburgh with like six or eight people There's a guy from Illinois, a guy from Virginia I mean, it, it was just It was just neat to, to hear all the stories And just, you know uh, At the end when they won, you know And it was a great game, man I mean, it was just such an incredible game You know, to be there And it was, you know, you just like, man here, here we go again You know, 90 seconds to go in the game We haven't sealed the deal yet, man I'm like, shit, you know, not no timeouts And, and then, of course, we get the interception man. Everybody's like, you know, and again we just, I just met these people, you know, not more than 24 <laughs> hours ago. And everybody's hugging like they've known each other, lifelong <laughs> friends shit. It was great. It was just great. And, uh, you know, I, I took my little DCC sign around the tailgate and swagged the tailgate. And, and, and I got a great response there. And I was completely humbled by that. And, you know, I, a couple Bengal fans chipped in. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was really just a, a great experience. And I'm just... Uh, The one thing I'm pissed about that I missed the photo op was with dolphin tattoos, you know. That's kind of my thing, that now I I look for these dolphin tattoos out there. And the one dude, you know, he showed me this dolphin tattoo, the guy Tim. And this guy looked like, I mean, he looked like he could have been a bouncer, was a ball player back in the day. You know, he was a big dude. And his, his shoulder looked like Emmett's head, you know with that big black and white logo yep. on him E-Dove's head. I mean, that's what this dude's shoulder looked like, and it was so cool looking. And then, and I know there are a couple other dolphin tattoos out there that I know, uh, knew were out there. But anyways, I kind of missed, dropped the ball on that one. But, uh, yeah, man, now we're getting ready for New York. And uh, the day after I got home, one of the guys I met at one of these Finvader things, he's from New Jersey. I met him the first time two years ago in Cincinnati. And since then... We've attended three games together. His name's Dwight. Um he's from New Jersey. He's already got it lined up. He's gonna pick me up at the ho- you know, hotel and take me to the game and you know, we're gonna go over and uh
0: And did we lose Ohio?
2: Yeah, it says that he dropped. I don't know what happened. Well,
0: well That's a bummer, bum. like he was on a roll. roll. He was on a roll. <laughs> the system hates us tonight. <laughs> we spoke we spoke evil of the system last week because of it not working and so now it's getting back at us this week so to uh i guess uh griffin if you can hear us or if you are around the site go ahead and give us a call back we'll get you back on the air but uh turning back to rams since douglas is here with us uh thinking about it um one of one of the things that I am regretting right now in one of my fantasy leagues is my running backs are Chris Johnson and Steven Jackson. Um, I'm hurting at running back this year. What's up with Steven Jackson?
5: Uh, he is just, he is not finding the end zone because let's face it. For some reason, Brian Schottenheimer has decided that when they get anywhere near the goal line, they're throwing the ball. Uh Eighty-eight. I think it's eighty-seven percent of the time they're throwing the ball. Uh, uh, and the, the one time, or the two times that Steven got close, one time it was you know replacement referees that took it took a score away from him, which really <laughs> made him happy. And uh, you know, and it, it's it, it's just one of those things where uh, you've got really bad fi- you know, fantasy football uh, running backs. Is what it all comes down to. And
0: yeah, yeah. My it's, draft it's went true. well there. <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah, it's time time to look at the old waiver wire.
0: <laughs> so um going in, obviously the uh the Fisher sweepstakes this off season was between us and you guys. <clears throat> and then you guys pick him up. But one of the things that a lot of Dolphin fans talked about and we didn't want to see happen was him come down here with the run first mentality that everybody thought he had from Tennessee days. And it just seems like he's more of a pass happy offensive I uh, offensive scheme right now than before. And part of that is probably Schottenheimer, but is that what you guys are seeing? Is he more is the offense more dedicated to Sam Bradford throwing the ball than it has been in the past?
5: Well I think it's twofold. I think uh, everything is uh for the Rams right now is offensive line.
1: And one of the things
5: he probably looked at was the fact that, you know, not only could he probably not plan on long passes because of the offensive line, the line also probably wasn't going to be that good at run blocking either. So uh, if they can just hike the ball and and Sam get the ball out in two or three seconds, they can move the ball. And if you look at the Rams' games to date this year, uh, that's exactly what they've done. They've come out throwing the ball, throwing it fast, putting people back on their heels as much as they can and believe it or not trying to use the passing game to open up some kind of a running game. And again, uh, I can't say enough about our really bad offensive line, how well they've played. Uh, If you'd have seen them, uh, you know, in the preseason, if you was seen them, you know, even when uh, Roger Saffold was still there and Scott Wells, uh, they, they were terrible and we were, Really dreading the season uh, as it stands right now. It seems like it works really well, but it also seems like it only works for about the first or, or you know one or two series, and then teams adjust to it, and then all of a sudden there's a dry spell for the offense till the fourth quarter or you know whatever. So right. Uh, um,
4: I don't know.
0: Question. I don't on, think that it. Yeah. Yeah.
5: On. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a philosophy change for Fisher so much as need based.
0: Right. Uh, one of the questions coming up on the site right now is uh, who do you guys have as a red zone threat, especially with Amendola gone?
5: Well, you know, you would like to think that Brian Quick, out of Appalachian State, our our, uh, our second-round pick this year.
0: Duke, you're uh, happy right now, aren't eyes. you?
5: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Duke's an Appalachian would have State a, guy.
4: <laughs> oh,
5: yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you – but you would have thought he would have been a nice red, red zone threat. What the problem is now, for Quick, is he's just too shy. Uh, he he let a pass be picked off by uh, Patrick Peterson this last weekend, and he didn't fight for the ball. He didn't fight to change position. He He's just not ready for the NFL yet. I think he will be. But, you know, so that's one red zone asset gone. You've got maybe uh, Austin Pettis as a passing alternative to me, honestly, the Rams should be pounding the ball inside the five, inside the 10. Steven Jackson is in the best shape of his life outside of his groin, I guess. But, um, he, he, he he is just a big, huge guy and, you know, give him the chance and uh, he's going to get you there, but uh, that's just me. I, I don't think we have a lot of true red zone threats. I don't think Danny Amendola was a real red zone threat, to be quite honest. Um, you know, anytime you, you 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 could collapse the field where uh, the distance between linebackers and safeties is only one or two yards, Danny Amendola is destined to get killed, you know, so I don't know. Um,
0: another thing is, Husker, who was on the show a little while ago, is just asking this. Um, obviously, you guys know Richie Incognito, and now he's down in Miami with everybody and their brother deciding to call him the dirtiest player ever made or wanting to break ankles and all that fun kind of stuff. So did you guys see when he was up there, was he a dirty player or was it more of – a hard player that people called dirty.
5: I think what you've got is a, you've got a guy that's a really good athlete with, uh, he's got about two cents for brains. Um, That's (laughs) my personal opinion. He, uh, he was known for personal fouls while he was with the Rams. uh, Always personal fouls. you know, whether it was hitting late, whether it was holding, you know, whether it was, you know, kicking somebody, you know, whatever. He, he he was just known for that. He's a scrappy player who, you know, you know, seriously, you, you know, he needs to screw his brain back in a little bit. But um, he never lived up to what we thought he would be.
0: Okay. Yeah, so far from what we've seen, and it's picked up more this year specifically because of the Houston Texans game where uh, I can't remember the player now. Um, But they alleged he was trying to break a player's ankles, and basically when you saw the video, what it looks like is there was a fumble on the play, and Incognito said this on – said this himself. He grabbed the guy's legs to keep him from getting to the fumble, and Incognito said said it. It should have been a holding penalty, yes, but how was I trying to break his ankles? I'm laying on him to keep him from going anywhere at some point, the player started kicking incognito in the head. And you see Richie rocking back and forth trying to protect himself from getting kicked in the neck and the head. Um, It went, of course, Houston fans went nuts that Richie Incognito's trying to break their players' ankles. Dolphins fans went on the, hey, why is your player kicking our player in the head? So, it went both ways. But after that, of course, it started building up again that Richie's a dirty player. And from his time in Miami, I haven't seen him be dirty. I've seen him. I mean, he's going to go until the whistle blows, but it right. hasn't been right. a problem of him doing anything cheap, anything illegal, anything like that. So, yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. He he has a motor on him and he keeps going. There are probably times where he needs to stop or he needs to put his head on and go. Okay, I don't need to do this in this in this moment, but. I, I think he's probably, from what you said, I think he's probably matured a little more since he's come down to Miami.
5: I, I hope so. You know, the, one of the, one of the uh, stigmas that Incognito had up here, too, is he, he wasn't very coachable. And hopefully you've got a coach that can can talk to him and set him down. Because he, he's, a, he's a very good athlete. Nobody – I, I – Yet to see anybody that says that Rich Incognito is not an incredible athlete. If you can master that, if you can harness that, uh, you've got yourself a good player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's – I mean, I think one of the things that we saw with him last year was if Jake Long isn't there, Richie struggles. But I think something about Jake Long's presence next to him um, and I'm sure part of that is the fact that Jake Long is the is the caliber of player that he is. But something about Jake being there calms Richie down, and I think that that's where that leadership comes in. That maybe maybe it's not necessarily the coaching that has gotten his head right, but it's Jake Long looking at him and going, "What the hell, man?" And yeah, once once Jake was gone, and the Dolphins are trying to figure out the left tackle piece at the end of last year. Richie's play went down, but I I think that that's probably exactly what it was, was that Jake gave the leadership. Richie was realized his role. And then when Jake went down, I mean, Richie was the veteran on the roster. I mean, he was the veteran on that offensive line. So I think he tried to step up and that's not his role.
5: And you know what? I, I, Totally understand that. There's some guys that are leaders, some guys that are followers, you know. And if if, if it's a great sign that uh, Incognito is willing to listen to somebody like Jake Long, right? Uh, the Rams have a guy named Harvey Dahl uh, at right back, or excuse me, right guard. Now this is a tough son of a gun, and I'm telling you what, I think he's just better at getting away with stuff than Richie ever was.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> but you know, there's he, you can tell he is just a scrappy. Dahl is, he is just unbelievably tough. He had a block this last week that he got called for uh, illegal use of his pants to the face of a defensive uh, uh, linebacker. And uh, I tell you what, I actually mentioned it in an article of mine that I said I'll take that penalty any day. Uh, you've got the, the Cardinals middle linebacker with a free shot at Sam Bradford. Dahl is blocking one guy. He sees the middle linebacker making a break for Sam. And Dahl literally just stuck his his hand in this guy's face to keep him from killing Sam. <laughs> you
4: know?
5: And kept and, but he maintained the block that he was on, but he just shot this arm out and like touched the guy in the face. Well, you know there's, there's just something there's something admirable about that kind of player and I'm hoping that Richie can be that for you.
0: Yeah. And and, and he is. He 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 is. Um I think that he does he he's probably gotten better at the getting away with things than he was earlier in his earlier in his career so i think uh i think that's probably a good thing um <laughs> but so okay uh my question is or another question that i'm thinking is how have you guys been using Chris Long? Is he predominantly on one side of the defensive line, or does he rotate between either side? That kind of stuff.
5: No, in fact, uh, that's a that's an excellent observation because uh, the Rams are one of the few teams that we've played against this year that don't move their linemen around. Uh, uh, Long is exclusively on the left uh, on the defensive left side, so your your right tackle side, I guess. Right. And he um but he has made a home there and you talk about a high motor high motor guy who's really intelligent. I mean really, really intelligent. And you your your right tackle has a you know, I guess it's Jonathan Martin, right? Right. Uh, Jonathan Martin has his biggest chance to date coming up against Craig, uh, Chris Long. Yeah.
4: He will
5: he will wear him down. He will keep coming at him the same speed on the first play as the very last play of the game.
0: And yeah, and uh, I think that's I think that's going to be one of the issues is cuz Martin he he is developing nicely, but he's still a rookie and he definitely plays like a rookie at times. And he's still trying to figure out this left tackle versus right tackle thing having been a left tackle his whole career at Stanford. So, the Chris Chris could very easily have a field day on Jonathan Martin. So that that's going to be a concern going in, and it'll be interesting because the Dolphins, I mean, they, they got practice at this last year, even if the coaching staff all changed, of babysitting the right tackle. So Anthony Fizzano or uh, Dron Mastrid, are blocking tight end, will probably be over there to help out as much as they can. But yeah, my that that was my question: is will we see Chris Long on Jake Long, or will we see Chris Long all only on Jonathan Martin all day?
5: Well, I'll tell you, the, the, seriously, the most interesting matchup of the entire day on both offense and defense, most interesting matchup is going to be Quinn versus Long. Uh, that is going to be great to watch. I hope you're. You, all your fans really you know, focus in on that because Quinn is—he's fast, he's strong, he's big, uh, but he's coming up against a great tackle, uh, probably the best tackle that he's faced this year. Uh, in fact, I'm gar- pretty much guaranteeing that he's the, Jake Long is the best tackle he's faced this year, and it will be a sight to see. Um, you know, Quinn, like I say, just grease lightning, fast, fast, fast. And he's got a just a great outside move, and I know uh, Jake Long, how how great that young guy that guy is. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see that.
0: Well, good. That'll be fun to watch. Um, got people in the uh, in the thread over here agreeing with you. Quinn on Long is interesting. So, and Husker points out the Long Long thing that back in that draft, it came down for the Dolphins to do we take Jake Long or do we take Chris Long? And I think from our perspective, we took the right pick. I think from your perspective, you're probably happy that we took that pick too. So (laughs) I think it worked out for everybody.
5: Yeah, in the (laughs) long run, I'm one of these people that believes strongly in taking uh, the Jake Longs before the Chris Longs myself. Right. Uh, I believe in offensive lines. I think that they're the key to having a a strong franchise. And uh, I can't believe how lucky you were when Jonathan Martin fell that far in the draft. I I was just stunned.
0: Which, it was funny because going into the draft, he was the guy I wanted in the first round. And then when everybody started talking up Tannehill, I got on that and I'm like, okay, I can see that. He'll, he'll probably take a year and have to sit, but the, the Dolphins can work with that and develop him, and it's, it's time for the Dolphins to make that this-is-our-guy commitment. But I wanted Martin, I really thought, and I knew Dolphin fans would hate it because we take offensive linemen every year in the first round, it seems, and we never get better because of it. But I wanted Martin, and then sitting there in the second round, and we get him, and it was like, oh, wh- okay, I can't complain about this draft no matter what else happens because the top two guys that I would have said were our targets, we somehow managed to get.
4: Oh, yeah, so. no, you, got, you definitely
5: scored. Yeah, def, we had three uh, sec, uh, second-round picks, and outside of Janoris Jenkins, we really haven't hit, you know, it, it's one out for us. Uh, Isaiah Pede, um I think he was one of our second-round picks. Uh, uh, Brian Quick, who I've already mentioned, uh, neither one of those guys have panned out. Uh, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with your draft in the first two rounds.
0: Well, good. That, that's uh, that's nice to hear from uh, somebody on the outside looking in. Because, so, I mean, we still go back. We still have the debate on the site of should we have taken Matt Ryan in that draft instead of taking Jake Long. So Dolphin fans are very revisionist in looking back at things and going, this is what we should have done. But that probably think, comes from a decade of being mediocre at best. So.
5: I hear you. I hear you. You know, we and we've, you know, we we've gone the the OL in the first round, or you know, with the in the first round, the second overall pick with Jason Smith, and that blew up in our face. I mean, now he's uh the uh, jumbo tight end for the Jets, and he's <laughs> just. I mean, we talk about. One of the great bust picks of, in Rams history, and we have quite a few, uh, you know, Lawrence Phillips, uh, you know, <laughs> we got, got that, a few. Yeah,
0: that was a good pick. <laughs>
4: yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, but, you know, I, I hear he's doing well in the penal league, and, <laughs> you
0: know. Well, you know, in the penal league at one point, they could have had him, O.J. Simpson, and Michael Vick. They, they were on their way to a good team.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah, actually, you know, Al Davis probably would have, you know, bought the prison, you
0: know,
4: by you know, God rest his soul, but, yeah, you know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> 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 well, I'm, I'm monopolizing the questions right now, so Chris, you got anything?
6: Well, I think you answered both mine when talking about the offensive line and uh, Brian Quick. I will say um, I'm – I'm an Appalachian State alum, and uh, I got to watch him over his career. And the thing about Quick was, the first time we ever saw him was in the, the big upset with Michigan, and they had a he had a perfectly thrown touchdown pass. He was completely wide open. They hit him in the hands, and, and he dropped it. And he was just you know he was just another guy. And then in 2009, they went to the semifinals, play that epic game in Montana, and he could have caught the what would have been the game tying touchdown, and he dropped that. And most of the fans were, you know, oh, this guy's terrible. He has a big body. But from that point on, he worked really hard to become really good. And I can say that having watched him, he's never really seen press coverage. Uh, he played at the level he played at, everybody gave him a 10 to 15 yard cushion because they had to. If they played press coverage, he was by him and it was a touchdown. So I knew it was going to be a big adjustment. But I, I was really upset that you guys took him because I wanted him for obvious reasons. But. <laughs> Um, I think you're going to get a really good player with him, just like you said. Not this year. I think it's going to take him a while, but he he has shown that he will work hard, and um, he's going to do what he can to be as good as he can. And uh, probably probably not next year. but In third year, you'll have a a really really big weapon uh, that you can use. So uh, I just want to throw that out there so you can uh, you know give your fans something to. Uh, be hopeful for, because I, I believe he will turn out. And I also got mad because you took the other guy I wanted in the second round, that was Janoris Jenkins. So, um, how has the, uh, you know, I've heard some things about him and not really kept up with it. How, has, how, how have you felt about his game this year? Have you been
5: impressed? Is he, you know, what's he doing? Well, now that you're mad at me, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm <laughs> um I, I, um I, uh, Janoris Jenkins, probably uh, uh, no, not even probably. He is the he's the gold from this last draft uh, going away. Uh, just stellar. Uh, I've said in a couple of art articles that I've written that his uh, backpedal uh, transition to run is as smooth as as anybody I've seen all the way back to Deion Sanders. I've never seen anybody translate transition from the backpedal to run. Like that, like I said, it's amazing to watch. Uh, He's going to get burned though, and you guys are probably going to do it. Um, He has a tendency to play soft and loose uh, in his coverage, uh, especially when he's uh, when it's one-on-one coverage. And if Tannehill can isolate that coverage, you, you you will get yourself a nice long play off of him. He he puts too much too much um confidence in his ability to play catch up to, you know and he doesn't i don't think he's really so really um convinced himself that the NFL is so much faster than college yet and he's been beat twice uh, actually four times but only twice for touchdowns uh this last week he got uh beat by i believe it was a, uh Larry Fitzgerald on a double move that literally left Jenkins standing there going, huh? You know, I mean, you know, I'm sure there was like a, there was, they were mumbling on the sidelines that they were going to test him for pot later. He looked so, he looked so out of it on that play. <laughs> but um, no, Jenoris Jenkins, uh, he's going to be a great one. It, it couldn't have happened better with the signing of Cortland Finnegan to have somebody like uh, Finnegan uh, nurturing and teaching uh, Jenoris Jenkins how to play the game. Um, Finnegan has been a surprise in run defense. He's a—I ve- I never thought of him as a uh, an aggressive run defender. Uh, I can see now that he's far better than Morris Claiborne, who was taken in the first round. Uh, Morris Claiborne is kind of one of those, you know, Matador types. You know, kind of Ole. Um, <laughs> uh, Janoris Jenkins comes up, and just you know, I don't know if it'll you know bite him in the ass injury-wise later on, but.
6: Uh, he likes to put a hit on somebody. And uh, I have another question: uh, How uh, how has um, former Dolphin Kendall Langford been playing? I know he was a guy that a lot of fans, uh, a lot of Dolphin fans, were kind of unhappy to see go. He was uh, he never really produced a lot of sacks here, but he's always getting a lot of pressure, and he was he was a key starter in our three four defense. And um, so how have you guys – how have you been playing for you
5: guys? Well, now that Michael Brockers is back, I – you know, Kendall Lankford has done a great job for us uh, all, you know, all five games. Done a great job. But now that Michael Brockers is back, who basically is like – he's like Mount Everest in the middle of the line. I mean, he's just this enormous roadblock. I think we're going to see – more uh pressure up the middle by Langford, you no know, Brockers has this thing no, nobody gets by him, but he won't take a step forward for some reason he <laughs> He doesn't put a lot of pressure on a quarterback. I don't know why that is, but i you can see him he he comes just bolt uh, right at the snap, comes out, smacks a guard right in the face, you know whoever's blocking him, and then stops right there um uh. And by Kendall Langford, I think I think we're going to see some decent sack numbers, believe it or not, out of him as the as the season goes on. Especially when we finally get to face uh, a defense that's not as strong as yours and Seattle's and St. Louis, uh, uh, Arizona's. You know, we've had nothing but, you know, e- you know, our first game of the year was against Washington when when, when and Kerrigan and everybody else was still there. That was a strong defense. Um, yeah, but our and they have, but all these teams have had decent offensive lines, with the exception of um, uh, Arizona. And to see uh, what Langford can do against those offensive lines has been um, is going to be amazing. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about uh, talking about other people's defenses, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, know, I'm just I, okay. I'm bitter and. You know, <laughs> Um, uh, you know, last year the schedule was tough enough this year, for some reason, it looked like it wasn't going to be that tough. And then all of a sudden all the teams on it, just their defenses blossomed. But anyway, get back to your question. Kendall Langford is a great acquisition by the Rams and thank
0: you.
6: <laughs> well,
0: I guess you're welcome.
6: <laughs> and I'll uh, have, I'll have one more question for you. And then, uh, I'll give it back to Kevin is uh you know, you talked about your your offensive tackles and how bad they are and all that. Is that you know, uh, uh Keith, another other uh, insider author and myself we're big draft buffs and um you know, we're always even after the you know, the last draft we're talking about the next draft the next day anyway. So um do you see left tackle as your biggest need and if not, uh, what is your biggest need?
5: Well, you know, I would say ninety-eight percent of Rams fans will would be screaming into the phone right now that wide you know, number one wide receiver is what we need, and I don't agree. I agree. I believe that it's it's offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. The bad part is is that the uh, the coach we have, Jeff Fisher, has, has, it's my understanding he's never taken an offensive lineman in uh, uh, the top two rounds of a draft. Uh, I haven't looked into that to see if it was true,
0: so and
5: if that's happy. the case, we we have we have a problem there. You know, we, we've got some seriously great picks coming up, and if there is a a Jake Long type tackle coming out of college right now, you know, I would really love to see Jeff Fisher, you know, take at least take. A no, did we lose
0: Douglas? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry. It seemed to cut out there for a second. Um You you good, Chris? I, I haven't mastered I, I haven't mastered the art of segue. And <laughs> no, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. We're still working on it here and we're what, six months into doing this show, so <laughs> it's still a work in progress for us. Uh Chris, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um anybody out there on the site, if you guys want to call in, number's three four seven three two six nine four six one. Uh you can also ask questions in the thread, so we uh we we will put your questions on the air, get you some answers about the uh Rams as we can. Um Douglas, you good to stay with us for a little while longer? Sure. Okay. Um looking forward to this game. What do you think is the – what the heck? I'm sorry. What are you posting, text in the thread? <laughs> Don't worry
2: about it. Just keep going.
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> what are you looking at as the strength of the Rams against the Dolphins, and what are you thinking is what the Dolphins will be able to exploit against the Rams?
5: Our turnover ratio is uh, the thing that I believe Miami really has to worry about. Turnovers. Uh, Again, we go back to Janoris Jenkins. He had three, you know, very close to being interception situations. One of them he intercepted, but uh, Larry Fitzgerald literally grabbed him by his his forehead, his face, the top of his face mask, and ripped him backwards and didn't draw a flag. He's going to pick somebody off, and a rookie quarterback. I would say if if there's one thing that uh, your coaching staff should be looking at is when you have people like Janoris Jenkins and Cortland Finnegan who already has three interceptions. That's what you that's going to turn be a tie turner. Um, conversely, uh, what we have to worry about on the Rams side is, believe it or not, your running game. We uh, I, I personally am dreading think you know. Reggie Bush is a talented, talented guy. You know, i got to, you know, it sounds terrible, but I actually breathed a sigh of relief when I saw that, 80, you know, uh, Reggie Bush was 80% healthy. I'm like, whoo! you know, because 100% of Reggie Bush, we still are not very good at run defense. And that is, that's the, going to be the killer for the Rams in this game is the rushing game. You guys get that going, you're going to win. Um, That we can't, we won't be able to control field position. We'll be dead in the red zone because it'll be both pass and run coming at us in against Arizona. All we had to do was defend against the pass. And so that meant our incredible defensive line literally just pinned their ears back and, you know, tried to kill Kevin Call. God rest his soul if he had not dead already. Um, but I, you know, when you look at, but when you look at the, um, When you look at the two teams, I believe those are the two keys.
0: Okay. Um, Speaking of the Dolphins uh, running game, it's looking like Daniel Thomas won't be able to go this week, which (laughs) will probably mean more of Lamar Miller, rookie out of Miami, uh, fourth-round pick, Dolphins traded up to get him. And he is – it's funny because – Bush is what Reggie Bush is. I mean, he's going to get on the outside, he's going to make cutbacks, and when he does go up the middle, he's surprisingly able to do it, but he's never going to be confused with a power back, while Daniel Thomas is supposed to be a power back, although – he has issues with contact at times, and he'll like to run into a pile backwards rather than lower a shoulder and run over somebody.
6: Hey, hey Kevin, I was going to yeah. say, I don't think Daniel Thomas will
0: ever be confused with a power back. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be a power back. but um, And then there's Lamar Miller, who has the speed and the cuts and everything of Reggie Bush, but has more of the size of Daniel Thomas. So – It'll be it'll be interesting to see we've seen him have flashes a couple times this year, but like last week he didn't take a single offensive snap. So it'll be interesting to see how the run game evolves without Daniel Thomas in there as he deals with his concussion and how Miami ends up using Lamar Miller. But you'll probably see a very healthy dose of Reggie Bush.
6: <laughs> I think the problem with with missing Daniel Thomas is not in the run game. I noticed this watching the Cincinnati game that on third down he came in, and yeah. not because he's a great third down back, but because he's the best back we have at pass protection against the yes. split. And from what I, some stuff I read this week is this, the problem with Lamar Miller is not that he doesn't take on the blockers. He does. It's just his he's not crashed all of the offense yet, so he doesn't know where to be.
0: Right. That's so what Reggie that, was saying. That's yeah. going to be
6: an issue that – that's going to be an issue with with not having Thomas there. Is Bush is not that good in pass protection. If Lamar Miller can step up, then we won't miss much. But if he can't, then you know we're going to have to you know maybe use Lane or Clay or somebody else back there who can uh, can do that. So we are going to miss him there. But that not so much in the running game. I don't think. Well,
4: yeah, I, I, you know,
5: did. I, yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think um, what another interesting matchup might be uh, Chris Gibbons. I don't know who will be covering him. They'll probably be covering him one-on-one. But uh, uh, that will be an interesting thing to watch, too. Uh, Chris Givens has had two uh, 50-plus-yard uh, pass plays the last couple weeks, and they come out of the blue, just come out of nowhere, where um, Sam decides, okay, I'm going to hit you, uh, Chris. Now, Whatever you do, you know, catch the ball. Uh, Over the middle, Chris Givens is like this scared rabbit, I swear. You know, he's like – he like snatches his hands away from the ball if he sees a linebacker. I don't know what. um, I'm curious who will be covering him uh, one-on-one on on the outside.
0: Um, It'll be interesting. The Dolphins have started using Sean Smith more in the Daryl Revis type of role. And he is shadowing the number one receiver. He did it against Larry Fitzgerald two weeks ago. He did it on A.J. Green last week. Um, It seems like the – Kevin Coyle, who was the uh, defensive backs coach up in Cincinnati, um, it seems like he's realized this is what I've got. I've got somebody who's special and is using him in press coverage and putting him man-on-man, one-on-one, you cover this guy and shut him down. And both of those players scored touchdowns against the Dolphins, but neither one of them were AJ Green or Larry Fitzgerald good. They were solid; they weren't stellar receivers in those games. Um, with Amendola out, I don't know who they. Will, I don't know how they'll do it. It'll be interesting to see, because yeah. I, I don't I, know I think who it, they'll target him with.
5: Yeah, I think it, Givens is kind of a poor man's uh, Deshaun Jackson. Um I don't think he I don't think he's got the moves the uh but you know that, that Deshaun Jackson has but he's got the quickness, he's got the elite speed. He's he, I think he ran a 4 4 at the combine, but in camp he was running faster. Uh he's he's definitely um uh he's got game speed that I I think very few teams I uh, have seen yet. And uh well, I mean like I say, you know, for some reason the Rams were beating Patrick Peterson like a, a redheaded stepchild on Sunday.
4: And they went after
5: him with the very first with three out of four plays. They went right at Patrick Peterson and just, you know, beat on him. So I think the Rams have some quickness there. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how this offense does without Amidola, without the security blanket for Sam Bradford, um, you know, Sam as the what we think of as the the world's fastest checkdown list. It's one two three four. <laughs> you know, and you know, two through three are Amendola. You know, and right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll
0: it the the secondary for the Dolphins. That's the weak spot on the defense. They've actually played better than we as fans expected them to. Um, next. This upcoming week will be another test for them because it looks like Richard Marshall, who has who sat out last week with a back injury, uh, he hasn't practiced yet this week. So it's probable that he won't be in there. Um, they haven't obviously listed a probable, doubtful, all that kind of stuff yet. But they did put out on the practice uh, report that he was not practicing. So if he's out, it'll most likely put... Nolan Carroll back in as the starter, and then Jimmy Wilson, who last year as a rookie was a cornerback. All offseason this year, they moved him to safety, and now all season he's been back playing cornerback in spot duty, and then last week he was the nickelback. So um, that'll probably be the lineup, Sean Smith, Nolan Carroll, and then Jimmy Wilson will play the third role, and then R.J. Stanford will play the fourth role. Um, After that, who knows what the Dolphins will do. I mean, if you come out in a five-wide-out set, the Dolphins are going to look at you with their four cornerbacks and go, uh, yeah, you do that. Um, We do have DeAndre Presley, who was brought up from the practice squad last week and is another Duke favorite because he's another uh, Appalachian State guy. But he's a quarterback making the transition to cornerback. So it'll be a little while before he's actually ready to play. He was active last week, but you didn't see him out there. So Cornerback will be an interesting thing to watch this week. Um, Smith I is stepping up, do... but after that, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah,
6: it right. Givens. I yeah. think they'll put uh, Carroll on Givens because uh, Carroll is probably our fastest corner. I, I think he ran like a – I don't think he was a combine, but it pro day or something. He ran like a 4-3, so – I think he's the only guy with enough speed to handle a guy like Givens. So, I, I think that they will put him on him if if they recognize a pattern, uh, a pass pattern where they think he's going to go deep. He'll he'll be on him and try to cover him, you know, speed for speed. There, not saying it'll work, but I think that's that's
5: what I would do. <laughs> well, Givens has got. I I think he they handed him a playbook, and I think there was one page in it. And it's, it, all it said is, go fast, go straight.
0: See, now, here's the weird thing. Is he catching the ball when he does that?
5: When he, we, You know what? When he runs straight, he catches the ball. But if he puts a little L in it...
0: <laughs> See, the Dolphins have tried this twice with Ted Ginn and then with Clyde Gates, and neither one of them could catch the ball. They could do yeah. the run straight. They could do that part. Yeah. But the yeah. catching the ball part, they'd forget.
5: He can catch the ball if he's running straight. But if, if they complicate the, something by adding turn right <laughs> or turn left, <laughs> um, it's all over.
4: Because
5: <laughs> there's people in there that can hit him. And he, doesn't want, he won't go there. You know, uh, you know, a little agoraphobia on the football field. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, he's um, he's. He's a again he's a rookie. Uh I I hope that with a little more coaching he'll do better. Uh you've got Austin Pettis who is a little bit uh, more of a gamey player. I mean, a, a game day player, excuse me, not gamey. Well, he might be game he, he he was busted for ped, so I don't know. But um, he, 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 um he's a game day player. He's got great hands. Yet he's another one of these guys that I mean all the way through the preseason uh, practices, anything that throw, comes anywhere near him, it's like fly paper. You know, game time, it, it's like they hit the hands and it it's just bounced right off. Uh,
0: I hmm. so I he know. has he has the legadu knee problem. Apparently, yeah. in the knee, all all off season, all we heard was how good Legadoo looked. And then we got to gameplay, and for some reason, and he could not catch anything. And the one catch he did make, he fumbled by himself. So I don't know. <laughs>
5: well, well, we have a we have a guy named Brandon Gibson who is he's literally he's in the I believe he's in the fourth or fifth year of being with the Rams. He's he is a preseason a warrior. He looks like. A.J. Green, it looks like, hell, he looks like uh, Jerry Rice in the in the preseason. And then as soon as the TV cameras come on and somebody says, okay, first game of the season, he just goes to pot. Well, this year he's not done that bad. And I will guarantee you, and your coaches probably should know this, the very first play of the game is going to be a slant pattern to Brandon Gibson because uh, four out of the last five games, that's been the very first play.
4: Okay.
0: Well, yeah. well hopefully we see that. <laughs>
5: well, and it, you know, sucked. it'll it'll really suck if they see this trend and they and the guy catches another one. It's like son of a bitch. I thought they were going to trick us. You know,
0: and <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! We knew yeah. they were going to do it, and we thought they knew that we knew they were going to do it.
5: That's, that's it, right. right. I think that's how they've that's been getting away with it so far, you know. I,
4: um,
5: you know, Gibson is a, he's a good athlete. I, none of us have ever understood why he hasn't, you know, blossomed into a great receiver. Uh, it's just one of those things where, um, I don't know, it's not injuries. It's just as soon as the season starts, he usually just falls apart.
0: Well, okay then. Wow. Um, James, what are you thinking?
2: I'm sorry, I was answering it.
0: <laughs> I was
2: answering something from from uh, Keith. Oh, you were ordering pizza. Come on. You. What,
0: what questions you got for uh, the Rams and going into this week? None really. Well, okay then.
4: Well, Way to keep the conversation it, going, James. <laughs> so you're saying the Rams aren't deep? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I don't, man. I I
2: haven't seen them play, and I probably haven't seen the Rams play in two years. I have no idea what they've got going on.
5: <laughs> well, you, you know,
2: I don't know. I I think I could write a whole article
5: to answer that question with you know two words. You know, not much.
1: But. Um, <laughs>
5: You know, but you know, the defense has been the shining part for us, uh, and uh, we're hoping that it will continue to do so. Uh, our secondary, I honestly feel it, it's probably you know you you'll know, I'll probably get a few groans in the thread about this, but I honestly think this is the best secondary that you'll fa you have faced this year. Um, even though we've got a, a rookie on one side and some banged up safeties uh, that when we go into the nickel package, uh, with Bradley Fletcher in there, uh those three cornerbacks, I kid you not, uh any coaching staff that takes them lightly is they're just asking for a bad day.
0: Well okay. Let's not do that then. Yes, uh, let, I like Yes. Let's can not. <laughs> can can you call Miami and just just <laughs> Let them know some of these things. Hey, watch the slant, um,
5: things like that.
0: that
5: well, you know, actually, I think they're on that uh, that little restraining order that I have for most NFL teams, so I probably can't do that. Uh, I think the uh, yeah, I think the restraining order actually says I'm not allowed within 500 feet of a phone. So,
0: um, oh, well, I, that becomes an issue. <laughs> Oh,
4: too funny. I
5: I, uh, I used to do these uh these fiction articles. I I still do them. In fact I put one up today on a different subject of it. Um and I always I would constantly um mention that I had these restraining orders out all over the NFL, you know, that people were like, you know, calling the cops from me and everything else. Well, you can't believe how many emails I got from Per Show Times readers
4: <laughs> asking me
5: this was true.
4: <laughs> Yeah. Well,
5: yeah, it's funny, too, because I, you know, this one series of articles, I I did the the stories, I did this first one, and I had all these people going, no, that's bullshit, no way that happened, no way this happened. And I'm like, in the title, it says front office fiction, okay? (laughs) Now, what what part of that do you understand?
0: (laughs) Wait, we have to read the titles? Hold on.
5: Yeah. Yeah, Man. yeah, and uh, yeah. They, I, I can't remember what one of these things were, but it was when uh, McDaniel's had been announced as the the offensive coordinator last year, and I made this joke about uh, in this story about there were fifty boxes filled with with what he called McLees, and and I had, I had all these people going, "There's no way in the world anybody has fifty boxes of." Me. And I, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: okay,
5: yeah whatever, okay,
0: <laughs> eh, minor things, minor, yeah. minor things,
5: yeah,, uh-huh. so it's fun, well, I'm gonna let you go well, uh enjoy thank you so much for calling today. in, all right, nice. and uh make sure anybody uh have people visit me over there at the um the fan chat thread that I have on uh the Insider. yep, and I'll be there the
0: rest of the week, okay, sounds good. Thanks very much. That's Douglas from uh, Turf Show Times. Nice enough to come on and spend most of the show with us. uh, It was a a good talk. We learned a lot about the Rams, and uh, we should uh, feel better about going into this game. (laughs) uh, I I liked that. That was fun. Um, Go around the horn. I'm
2: sure sure anything a fan notices is a tendency they're well aware of.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not worried about that. It's just, why are you sure? Damn, why do... are you
0: sure Philbin's not listening to us right now? <laughs> Honestly, I,
2: I I mean it's it's as flattering as it would be to think that he is. It's uh, it's only like 10:30 in Miami. I hope he's working, not like listening to radio broadcasts. All we need to internet. do is
0: put it on the computer and let it play in the background.
2: While he watches film, breaks yeah. down film with other coaches. Like, I mean, hey you guys, we're going to listen co- to this video <laughs> broadcast of a blog. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I mean
0: The coaching film does not have sound.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's a concept of having other you know, watching it with the other coaches so you can discuss what you see.
4: <laughs> Chris, and we are very at least I hope
2: that's 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 how I recall it. I hope that's how it's going down. <laughs>
0: See, see why what does Chris here? keep getting not, put on hold? Not is you, putting Chris. himself on hold. Not you, Chris. The Chris that just posted in the uh, in the blog. <laughs> Sorry, Duke. Uh, <laughs> He's I mean, trying so to figure gonna out gonna why happen, I'm yeah.
6: yelling at him. <laughs> what's going to happen is Sean Smith is going to pick off that slant pattern to Brandon Gibson and take it to the house, and in the post game press conference, mm-hmm. Philbin's going to look directly at the camera and go. Thank you, Finsider. <laughs> See?
0: We are very humble on this show. <laughs> uh, what a ridiculous turn we just took. <laughs>
2: just, we're swerving all over the road, man.
4: <laughs> I,
2: I especially like how you have the knack of asking me a question. At the very moment that I haven't been paying attention for like two or three <laughs> minutes. You never ask me a question any other time.
0: <laughs>
4: I'm good at that.
0: But I'm also good at getting caught up in reading stuff and then realizing you guys are still talking and going, wait, what?
4: <laughs> okay, yeah. I
0: have to listen to it for a second and figure out what is happening. <laughs> but, uh, what a good show. I had fun tonight. That's our uh, We're right at 90 minutes too. So that worked out pretty well. (laughs) Um, I definitely try to get uh, more interaction from some of the other blogs on the the, um, podcast. That was fun. Working on doing things with the video every week. Remember that, guys. Friday night, 8.30 Eastern Time, we'll have that video, that live video again up. Make sure you stop by. Um, Take any of your questions. You can just post them here in the the, uh, thread that will be up for that. And uh hopefully Ryan Van Bieber will be on the show. Um Keith has said that he's gonna try to make the show too. So we'll have some stuff to talk about. The Google hangout may not be just me this week, so eight oh eight will feel better about my situation in life. you <laughs> <She's laughs> uh, concerned about your, your well being. I I, th- I think it bothered her that I did a Google hangout and nobody hung out with me. <laughs>
2: If she's aware of that, then isn't she just as guilty as the rest of I, the people that didn't hang out with you?
0: I think so. I, I, think I mean, so. I'm not
2: trying to call you out, 808. I'm just saying.
0: I, th- I think that's what it was. I think she said, you know what? It's funny that nobody's in there with him, but I'm not going to be that guy, even though she's a girl.
2: <laughs> but, well, we, 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 we need her and slot machine player to call in when we play the, uh, the Patriots. I think that would be a good idea. That
0: That would be a great idea. Do we play the Patriots this year?
2: I I hear we play them twice <laughs> every year, but that may just be a rumor.
0: You know what? Somebody should make that happen. You know what? Because of the power that I have with this blog, I'm going to go ahead and make that happen starting this year. We're going to play the Patriots right. twice this year. <laughs> I I do want to say I am not on Vicodin today. I just want to put that out there, make sure that make sure everybody knows that. I may be crazy, but I'm not I'm not on Vicodin today. But uh, Okay, since we're now we're over the ninety minute mark and uh is that a baby in the background there, Duke? Uh that was. See, we got we got babies in the background now and uh, we just we, we better just go ahead and make this show get over so that Duke can go She's take right. care of that that uh,
6: that Patriot part. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: well, thanks guys for calling in. Uh Ohio, I'm sorry you got cut off. I don't know what happened there. Um Douglas, really thank you for calling in. Made the show great. And uh, we'll be back next week with another Sire podcast. You guys have a good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. And everybody out there, thanks for listening. Good night.
2: now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.